Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK. And starting today, actually, I have a very special announcement. From now on, I will be having Lou Marino. Say hi. Hey, guys. Lou is going to be a co-host to the podcast from now on for the next foreseeable future. um, As we have started a studio together here in North Hollywood. If you can see, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can kind of see our setup a little bit. Um, everything's looking really nice, and it is fully operational as of a couple days ago. And now we're just kind of, uh, you know, vamping up the, uh, ramping up the aesthetics of it. But we officially have a studio out in North Hollywood. Yeah, we do. That's right. Lou is the man, and I'll let Lou introduce himself a little bit more. And uh, just to let y'all know, Lou is a great friend of mine. I met him originally at NAMM through the Antares section, which is the Autotune booth. And uh, Lou was just working for them, representing them during the show. And uh, I thought you were, how do you say, just like a, an employee for Antares. And it turned yep. out it goes way deeper than that. So um, Lou is an awesome tracking engineer, works for really big names that I'll let him talk about, um, but is also just an awesome person. So if you want to introduce yourself a little bit. Sure. Um, well, my name is uh, Lou. That's everybody knows me by, but uh, Luis Moreno, full-on name. If you ever want to look me up, uh, through, you'll see me on Instagram on Midside Sound or Facebook. I don't know how many Luis Morenos there are, but if if you just look for my face, you might find me. <laughs> I'm not really sure how many there are, so I've never had to try. But, uh, yeah, no, um, me and DK, just like he said, we met at NAMM, uh, what is it, uh, 2020? Yeah, so literally earlier this year. Yeah, like, just earlier this year. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, it's we're half a year later now. But um, you know what's crazy is um, when we did meet. You know, we didn't really speak much. Uh, he was out there looking for Henrik because uh, I believe you and Henrik went to mix with the masters, right? Yeah, we did. Check and I'm shirt. actually wearing the shirt today. <laughs> and Henrik is also. We did an Antares special episode, and he mm-hmm. was the one talking on the podcast. Nice. So yeah, and what was cool is that uh, at the time, uh, me and DK. Uh, originally met because he actually just walked up to me. He's like, hey, is Henrik around? I'm like, you know what? I know he's around somewhere. Uh, just give him money. I know he's going to be back. And uh, what's funny is me and Henrik ended up buying the same microphone at the end of the show and everything. We were <laughs> spending a lot of time just geeking out. So uh, upon knowing him and how he works with people, I kind of knew uh, like the type of people he would have visiting him too. Um, but we later on started talking over Instagram. I actually had you make uh, my gift for me. My my. That's right, my like a mix by Lou. Lou at Midside Sound Gift. So if you ever on my Instagram, you ever see that DK actually created that for me. That's right. Um, but yeah. But bef- tell me, so you're not an employee for Antares. You were. Why were you there that day? Uh, so I represent the company at many events. Everything from uh, 
I forget what it's called. SAE will hold this event. Um, IMSTA, that's what it's called. I-M-S-T-A, uh, which is kind of like a NAM for software. You know, and what's funny is we, we always get stuck across the hall. Like, not across the hall, but like literally an aisle from Celimony, which makes ah, Melodyne. which is funny. You know, so we always get people that are walking back and forth like, hey. I hate you know, Melodyne. I'm sorry. It, it's, <laughs> it's cool, but uh, if I can get everything done inside Autotune Pro and I still get big name work with it, it, it it's not something I'm going to reach for unless I really, really have to. Um, with that said, no, um, I, I work representing the company and, um, we've been able to open up a lot of deals where they actually help support some of the artists that I work with. Um, uh, so who you have know. you built who you, so you have a couple different businesses. One of them is building out studios. Yeah. So, so who have you built studios out for? So the cool thing is, um, I've worked with many different contractors who actually build out the actual space themselves. And because of that, I built a lot of relationships with these contractors. So when I do get hired out, um, I have actual different teams that are used for different projects. Like um, uh, I just got confirmation for another big one. I won't say who just until I'm done with it because you know how everything goes once you get You never know. You don't want to jinx done. it. Yeah, exactly. But I got the call today that another one's on the line. So, oh. But some of the people that I've actually like built out studios for or done acoustic treatment or full uh, system design and all that kind of stuff is like Keisha Cole, Chris Brown, Trey Songs. Um, let me see. I've done, but still, I've, Keisha Cole, Chris yeah. Brown, Trey Songs. Those are huge names. Yeah, I've been very lucky to be put in those rooms by these contractors. I I can't say that it was alone, but that's why I always tell people build your team and yeah, really put your trust into people and trust that they'll do right by you too, because you never know what they'll take you. And you know, I'm absolutely. just glad to have that on my resume. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Tell me uh, what else, like what kind of work have you been doing? Like, cause you've been in LA your whole life, right? Yeah. I was uh, born in Lancaster, but raised in LA. That's wild. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've been, uh, for the past 10 years, I've been engineering for a lot of different people. Most recently, I'm more known for engineering for Keisha Cole. Um, recently, I've worked with people like Ari Lennox. Uh, so some of the work, uh, t- songs that I've gotten to work on is like, uh, Chocolate by Kiana Lede featuring Ari Lennox and uh, All Me, which is Kalani featuring uh, Keisha Cole. That's crazy. Yeah. Dude, my favorite story that you've ever told me is because uh, you got hired by J. Cole's record label and studio, Dreamville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said during the interview, you fixed like half their console. Yeah. So. so you got hired on the spot because of that. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. So I always tell people uh, you want to kind of prove your worth. Um whether you have to walk in as an intern, even with years of experience, the reality is they don't know who you are. So yeah. uh, when I got the call, it was actually through a recommendation of a good friend of mine, uh, DJ Ice. Um, mm. He's a Boz's engineer, works with Omen a lot. He's got uh, credits on the Revenge of the Dreamers album. Oh, dope. Um, yeah, he's actually kicking a lot of uh, – I don't know if I can say but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can. Okay, cool. Uh, he's been kicking a lot of ass. Um, <laughs> so – uh, he's he's so hardworking that when they offered him uh, an opportunity to work with them, they also told him like, hey, you know, we also don't want to stretch you too thin, and we want somebody who's going to be dedicated to her because we want her working as much as possible and feel comfortable with whoever she's working with too. Um, so he threw my name in the ring. So my big thing is, like I said, prove your worth. When I walked in, they said, hey, these barefoot monitors aren't working. The NS10s aren't working. We have an issue with the console where the playback's not coming through the aux cord and this and that. Uh, we managed to figure out that it was a power issue with the barefoots they needed repair. The NS10s weren't actually properly wired. 
so we were actually able to bring in some other monitors and just swap them out. Something that, you know, the people that were on on site that day just didn't really have the capacity to do. It's not that they didn't know how. It's just that when you're dealing with a console, you don't want to unplug the wrong thing. Yeah, you know? of course. So if you're familiar with it like I was, then great. Um, for reference, it was an SSL uh, 4000G, which uh, was actually the old Death Row studio. So same console that Death Row was wow. using. Wow. Uh, and I believe the studio is now owned by uh, Chris Lloyd Algae, which is on the other side of the right. building. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, we ended up finding out what channels were bad, if some of them had offset levels, all kinds of things. And when he asked me about my rate, which I won't really say, but, you know, he said, he's like, you know what? I don't mind. If I have to pay a little more money to get the right person in my team, then I'll do that. But that only comes after you prove your worth. So, like, and that you just did. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> my favorite thing is uh, I always tell people kind of act as if you're an intern. That's right. You know, try to clean up. If the studio is dirty and you walk in and you're the one running the session, just clean. It doesn't matter if there's an intern on site or not, if there's no runner. It doesn't matter if it's a pro studio or a, a production studio. Uh, when I started working with Keisha Cole, like, it was very low-key. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. Like, we knew similar people in our circles. But um, I remember one time I was cleaning the studio before our session. She saw me with, like, sweeping or something. I forget exactly what I was doing. But uh, she told me, she was like, oh, you don't have to do that. I have a cleaning lady because this is at her house. I'm like, no, it's fine. I just don't like to work in a mess. And those little things actually made it to where two years later we're still working together. You know, and um, honestly, I've enjoyed every bit of it. I love working with her. Yeah, that's awesome. I do yeah. think that there's a lot to be said about giving value. There's a book that I'm reading right now called the go-giver uh, the go-giver go right yeah. now yeah and i'm not done with it yet but the first principle of the book is you are worth the amount of value that you give more than you receive in payment so it's like it's this amazing book about you know going and giving and how giving helps bring what they say stratospheric success but really good book i highly recommend it but today we want to actually talk about dynamic eq fun and because we both have been talking about this about dynamic EQs this week and how we like to use it in our chains um, and specifically in vocals and whatnot. But for you, Lou, let me ask, um, where do dynamic EQs stand as far as what you like to use out of your tools? Well, you've seen me mix. I'm, I'm a minimalistic mixer. I'm, a, I'm big on natural style vocals. Auto-tune is fine with me. But um, the cleaner and more natural to the, what the recording sounded like in, in a good way, uh, the better for me. So dynamic EQs, I, I really like using them as like polishers and almost like a compressor in general, because a lot of times we're reaching for compressors when we start hearing the levels kind of jump around. And sometimes it may be note-based, not necessarily broadband-based. Um, but overall, I like to use it as more of a, a smoother. Yeah. I think uh, we use it in the same way, which is if there's like frequencies popping out, like you'll notice like especially because of uh, proximity effect. Like the closer you are and quieter you are, like there's a hey. lot more low end. And then the more you back off and the more you start to yell, there's a lot less low end in the vocals. So like instead of just cutting out a static dip in the low end, mm -hmm. you can have a moving dip. So that way when they're really close and intimate, it's lower. But when they start to get further away, there's still a little bit of low end there. So it, like yep. it moves with the vocal. 
and it moves with the frequencies as it come in and out. Like I think that exactly. dynamic EQ, I think the way that we typically like to use it is fab filter. We go part of the way with the static yep. EQ and the rest of the way with dynamic EQ. Exactly. My favorite thing to use on the fab filter, funny enough, is actually using the dynamic EQ mixed with the mid side mode. Mm. Um, because sometimes we get a two track that we have to, we have to mix, maybe not necessarily the vocal, but we have to make space for the vocal. And I'll actually use the dynamic mode in mono in the mid side. Uh, in the mid section, not the mid side, sorry. Um, but that way we can just cut through for the vocal wherever we need to, and you can actually side chain it to the vocal. And honestly, there's so many great things about the Fab Filter Pro Q3. Yeah, and yeah. and if you don't have Fab Filter and you need a little bit more of a cost effective tool, I think Waves has like their C6 or C4. They also have, uh, I believe it's called the F6. F6. Or is it but, F9? I forget. But there's, there's a bunch of plugins, including Neutron and um, mm -hmm. the, isoto uh, the Isotope line. There's a bunch of like EQs that have uh, dynamic EQs built into it so you can compress it and set, set the levels and whatnot. Um, or you can just you choose to use uh, like a multiband, for example, like the FabFilter multiband. We keep talking about <laughs> FabFilter. But, um, They're great tools. If you can't afford them, trust me, it's not the end of the world. They're just great tools just like any other tool. Yeah, if you have like a generic multiband, even if it's a default one. I believe Avid now uh, released their own stock one. Oh, really? Yeah, the oh, Pro multiband, dope. I believe it's called. I wonder, if, uh, I wonder if Logic has a workaround for this, but... You can set, if you have a multiband, even if it's a stock plugin, you can use it as a dynamic EQ by making it really thin and mm -hmm. then dipping just that section, you know, letting it dip in just those few frequencies. Because with multiband, it's infinitely flexible. Basically, what yeah. we do with the dynamic EQ is the same thing that you would do with the multiband, except yeah. it's just got a different curve to it. Exactly. Like on a multiband, you can actually change the attack and release ratio. You can actually change the way... Uh, you really press that frequency while on tools like for instance uh the, the pro q3 you don't really actually have a ratio control you don't have an attack or release um it's almost like an auto mode and that's all you get you get threshold control if you go into advanced but advanced is really just one knob over you know um but multi-band uh compression kind of my personal favorite when it comes to broad changes like dynamic EQ when it comes to narrow notches. Yeah. I do like the idea of compressing certain frequencies that's dependent on those set of frequencies and it only compresses those frequencies. Like, for example, like mm -hmm. I like a VCA compressor like the SSL G bus on the mix bus, right? right? And the final on the master bus on the last thing on the entire song, right? But the thing about that is that if the kick hits really hard and assuming you don't have a high pass filter built in, if the kick drum hits really hard, it'll dip everything, Right. But yep. if it's in multiband mode, um, then if the kick hits really hard, it'll just compress the low end band that you set wherever the frequency crossover frequency yep. is. So it's really nice because you have compression, but only on frequencies that are affected by it. So it's a beautiful way to kind of keep music transparent. Like I've said this in the path, past, like to a certain degree, depending on how you're mixing, like if you use correction correctly, you're not really supposed to hear compression. Yep. Like, yep. I know that we talk a lot about compression and the colors that it adds and whatnot, but the point of the matter is, is like, sure, it'll add color, but like, if I didn't show you a before and after, you shouldn't be able to hear that color. Like, you shouldn't be able exactly. to like, like, if I showed you a before and after, obviously be like, oh, like the Fairchild brings out the mids a little bit more. That's yep. really nice. Like, that's a really nice color and saturation. But like, honestly speaking, if I'm using the Fairchild right and I just showed you an after, you shouldn't be able to tell that I used a Fairchild on this. 
the funny thing is, like, just like on that note, um, a lot of times I like to do before and after plug and mix checks. Um, I'll actually bounce the track right when I receive it. I'll import it to whatever template, or I'll just take the two track that they have as and like just a set it as a B set. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like for instance, like people like Jason Joshua have said, like I listen to the reference once and then I never listen to it again. <laughs> he says it's a gift of some sort that he has, and that's cool. But I don't have that gift if that's the case. <laughs> you know, yeah. I need to jump back and forth to make sure I didn't disrupt the the artist's vision for the song, but. It's a really good way to know if you've overcompressed because a lot of times when I get reference tracks, they'll either have like three compressors on the vocal chain, which causes it to squash or something. But sometimes you get these people who like their vocals to sound more natural, like loud and dynamic and soft and subtle. You know, I always want to know, have I done too much with the compressor? And a good way to check is just listen to the mix overall and see what the compressor is doing. You know, some of them are tone boxes, some of them are tools. Like, uh, we've talked about this, like the CL1B. It's it's a cool compressor, but it we, doesn't we really impart that. We just got one in the studio. Yeah, just right here. Like, it's it's cool, but it's... It's not really a tone box. It's tubed, but... It's, it's nice. It's so low-key boring. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of boring. If I had to make a recommendation, and this is no sponsorship at all, it's just personal taste, my favorite compressor to track with, um, if you're doing, like, R&B or singing-type vocals... 1176? No. Oh. A retro Instruments, double wide. Double wide. I love it. I just love it. And you got two it. of those, too, in the room. I had to. I got one, and I was like, I need a second one. That's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, that's a tone box, though. Like, it gets very thick and warm, but it's very natural in its approach, you know. And like I said, I'm a naturalist. Um, so, yeah, some tools, if you overuse it or you don't set it up right, you can tell right away that it's in use. You can overcompress. You can A, B, and hear the difference. But then other tools, if you set it properly, even if it is a tonal change box, you shouldn't really be able to tell what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, another thing that I like to use dynamic EQ on is keys and synths, especially mm. when it's like, it's a nice pad, but there's like certain notes that are adding like, like a little bit of like out. lead mm -hmm. into the pad or whatever. So then I just want those notes ringing out, but I don't want them out like a static EQ. Yeah. I just want them to ring out when they're ringing out extra loud. So like I'll do like a tight notch and a dynamic EQ. Yeah. So it's only pushing it when are cutting it out when it's really loud. So that way I can yeah. have this nice synth pad, but cut out the frequencies that are resonating a little bit more than everything else, but still keep those notes in there. Yeah. No, what's uh, what's great about it is um, I like using it on something like a, like a Wurlitzer or a Rhodes, something that's like you, you do have a percussive state in it, so you want some of that attack, but then there's like these little resonant chime tones that are going on that maybe you just want that to come down because it's just ringing out a little bit you can really just kind of isolate them and you could just either do a static cut which to me i don't like too many static cuts because it just shapes the tone permanently but yeah as too many it, like i found that like two or two more yeah. than two or three like literally affects the sound like exactly takes away the character so it. what i've done is i just dynamic eq it down maybe like three to five decibels at most um but as soon as that chime gets to a quieter state, you'll notice that the dynamic EQ just releases and it goes back to natural tone. And I'm not sure if this auto kind of detection of whether to attack or release is based on the audio file ahead. I don't know if there's any like, um, uh, I forget what it's called, but I don't know if it's looking like at the, the file. Like the look ahead? Yeah. I don't know if there's any look ahead involved in it, but I've noticed that I'm able to shape the tone in a way that doesn't sound unnatural. 
Yeah. And that's what I like. I like hearing natural organs, Wurlitzers, Rhodes, things like that. But I don't want to hear all the little nuances that stand out in the mix that just kind of distract you. Yeah. If it's distracting, it's not mixed. And for me, I like another thing that I like is on the Fab Filter specifically, I don't know if Neutron does this, but uh, on the Fab Filter specifically, on the kick drum, for example, if I want a little bit more of that low end to punch through, but only on like the actual impact, like the on the actual transient, I'll set the um, the dynamic EQ going up mm-hmm. so it boosts that signal right as the transient hits and then ducks it when it's not. Yeah. Or puts it back to normal. So like I use that a little bit on specific frequencies on the kick drum. So like just for that hit. Yeah. Because I don't want it to sustain at that frequency. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want a yeah. permanent boost there. I just want it to boost it when it hits and that sounds nice as well exactly um i actually really like that especially for slap bass players Uh, it's kind of crazy um i don't deal with slap bass players all the time but uh if you ever want to look at one that's really great uh look for keisha's md k bass i believe it's a k bass 1918 on his instagram but dude's insanely good I'll give him that. If I ever needed a bass player for something that was going to be complex or I needed some musical direction through bass, I'd definitely give him a call. But his bass already sounds amazing. But when you do slap bass, you're also dealing with like fast transients and slow developing notes. You have low end frequencies that are just moving too slow and you got that hard piercing like 1K hit. Dang. Yeah. yeah. Dynamic EQ actually helps it out a lot. I know I could do multiband, but multiband sometimes brings out the ringiness um, of the strings. With dynamic EQ, I can really just fixate myself on those few points that are really sticking out and smooth it out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just a vocal thing. It's not just a Rhodes thing. Like sometimes you can use it on something that's pretty dynamic as far as what type of signal it is. It's fast and transient, and it's also slow and thick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So basically, in layman's terms, as we sum up the episode, um, Lou is officially the new co-host for the show, and we'll, we're excited to have him on. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And uh, as well as, you know, Dynamic EQ, to wrap it up, Dynamic EQ is this beautiful tool, same with multiband compression, where you can set specific frequencies to be triggered and compressed and it goes back to normal. So it's this EQ that is not static. Static means that it can't be moved. It's an actual moving EQ that moves with the frequencies that the instrument or whatever is producing. It's an amazing tool that helps keep um, tones transparent. So again, like you don't have to compress the entire thing or you don't have to do a static EQ and then automate the EQ. Basically, like because I use dynamic EQ, I have to use less automation in the EQs because yep. again, like in the quiet parts of the song, I'd have to to lower the yep. lower the bass and then the louder <laughs> parts I'm going to have to raise the bass like this way it stays kind of consistent across yep. again efficiency as we talked about in the last couple episodes but um yeah really awesome tool check it out there's a lot of workarounds and um uh go on YouTube ter- search how to use dynamic EQs and figure out how different people use them and uh throw that trick and into your arsenal of tools so you know how it works and so you can use them uh just to put it in perspective we use dynamic EQs specifically within the Fab Filter on almost every single mix. Would you consider Soothe to be a soothe dynamic is, EQ? Soothe, yeah. It's it's such a unique thing. I I hate to put it in one perspective or another. But Soothe is a this Soothe is a whole another episode. So yeah, but it's, the Soothe by Oak Sound. That's a really yeah. good dope one. Yeah, uh, I like using that one alongside it. It does a very similar job in a much much different way. But check it out. Yeah, you might be surprised. 
Soothe is awesome. So anyway, on that note, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope that everybody uh, is doing good. If you'd like to send us mixes for feedback, sometimes we go on Instagram live. So you can follow us as at DK Mixes and at Midside Sound. Um, sometimes we go live and do mix feedback uh, live. <laughs> but you can send us right now. For as of right now, we're going to change up the email in a little bit to make it a little bit more official. But right now the email is still mixes at gmail.com. If you send us an MP3 or a link to your music, we'll give you mix feedback that hopefully we'll get back to you sooner than later. That's been one of our free services since the beginning of the show, and we'll continue to do that. Um, for anybody that's listening, so please take advantage of that. Um, on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.dekeimixes.com. Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now.